0: In this episode of Performance Anxiety, we talk to Drunken Prayers Morgan Gear. We learn about his new album. There's an ape man in Bluemont, and when is it bow time? Follow Drunken Prayer on social media. Follow us. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. Buy things at www.performanceanx.threadless.com. Enjoy Drunken Prayer.
1: Going to start with like a hi. This is or just I. Okay, I'm Morgan Gear. Drunken Prayer, and I'm high on performance anxiety.
2: I
0: love it. I think maybe that's good. I think think that's enough.
1: (laughs) I got some expensive earbuds that don't work for damn.
0: (laughs) Oh, nice, yeah. You know, I've got these uh, cheap ones that actually work pretty darn good so far, so... Now, these these are Real, like mid well, mid range, so.
1: Well, my my wife took my good headphones because she's interviewing somebody completely <laughs> different tonight <laughs> on my little Zoom recorder. Oh man! I was like, sure you can take those. I was like, ah oh, man. I like I like to be able to hear it because anyway, no yeah. big deal.
0: Yeah, it just keeps the outside noise out and helps keep you focused a little yeah, bit.
1: Yeah, kind of like there's there's kind of a um, tunnel vision that goes along with it. But yeah, yeah. No harm.
0: So, does your wife—does uh, she do a lot of interviews? Or? No, not really.
1: <laughs> she works for she works for a, um, a natural products brokerage, um, and is is kind of like in charge of their sales team. Ah, okay. And so, every once in a while, she'll be in charge of. She'll do videos. She's a kind of a gifted photographer. Oh, nice. So she's uh, she'll do their videos and the photography. And this time it came with an interview, so I gave her a quick—you know, those little Zoom handheld. Yeah, love them. But there, it's it's got a, a, a minor learning curve on it. Mainly, it's the, the interface is kind of like janky.
0: I thought about getting one. Uh, so if if artists come into town, I can bring it instead of trying to you know bring my whole setup here. Because right now I've got the phone plugged into a soundboard that goes into my laptop and a headphone amp, and it's just it's this whole big setup, and it, I can't really take that if I'm going to go talk to somebody on location.
1: I know what you mean. It's, it's the it's the exact same kind of issues you go through when doing, doing any home recording. Like what's being recorded, it, does, it doesn't doesn't matter. I do the same thing because I do. I had this one record, The House of Morgan, that was done almost entirely from my desk. Oh wow! And it was and it was all just like this. And I, I I'm not really I'm not an engineer, so it's this crazy like just like snake nest of redundancy.
0: Yep. <laughs> you I'm know? Just- I'm the same way. I just kind of fell into this, and uh, it I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, this thing, thing's got like 150 knobs on it, and I don't know what any – all but like four of them do.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's like thankfully all you need is one two voices to come out and keep <laughs> exactly. it out of the red. <laughs> exactly. Oh,
0: and I almost screwed that up just a few minutes ago because I was uh, deleting some test files that I had from a long time ago when I, when I first started using the software that I'm using. And I'm calling you and I noticed uh, my gain, my, the fader gain on my uh, input here on, on the software was like way up in the red. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm glad I caught that. Because otherwise. Yeah,
1: it's easy. You, you wouldn't know it until you got back to it. he was like, what the fuck is I this? Did,
0: I did. Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you a funny story real fast. Um, I was when I first started doing I do like I, I'll tell you this this morning. I do uh, another podcast. It's a sports show. And yeah. I started, we started with a DC, a local DC show. Just, it was just me, my buddy, Mike, and a couple other guys. Uh, a guy who used to play for the Redskins uh, was a co-host and we would do a weekly show about DC sports and the uh, local ESPN affiliate picked it up. So I had to kind of learn real fast on the fly because nobody else wanted to figure They all wanted to do the show, but nobody uh-huh. wanted to figure out how everything worked. So, how to
1: do the show exactly right?
0: so we got all the equipment from the from we borrowed equipment from this guy and um we were using my friend's computer to record it so he uh-huh. he had this um this other software that he was using well he left the show and when we'll see, all right so ESPN the ESPN affiliate got sold our podcast got dropped and well, we started doing another one with two friends out in LA and it was more of a it was more comedy and sports than actual sports So Uh after I'd I'd say eight months or so, my friend got too busy at work and he couldn't do that anymore. So it just kind of became the three of us, me and my two buddies out in LA. And so Uh I had to find software to, to to work this. So I I started using this software, but I also started doing the podcast that I'm doing with you right now at around the same Mm -hmm. time. And the first I recorded like two or three real, real fast in a row before I had a chance to edit anything. And I realized after when I went and listened back that apparently there's a noise gate on there that's built in. And anytime any me or the person I was talking to would step back from the mic a little bit, it just clipped it right off. Yeah. Oh my god. I had I had Steve Turner from Mud Honey on. I had oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I had uh, Robert Roth from the band Truly. He he played yeah. he played with Nirvana for for a little bit, uh just kind of jammed uh-huh. with him. But, and I had um uh, who, oh, uh, Kelly Scott from Failure. And, uh, oh, really? Yeah, and a buddy <laughs> of mine named Jordan. Jordan, uh, he is the band Blinker the Star. And they were on uh-huh. together because they're good friends. So uh-huh. those three I recorded like back to back to back. And every single one of them went from like an hour long show to like forty thirty 30 to 40 minutes because I had to edit it so much because everything got clipped so badly.
1: Oh, man. That's, but, you know, it's, it's one thing doing what you do. Like, doing that when, I, when, I'm, when I'm working purely with, with with music is completely different than an interview thing because you're getting out information. For me, it's funny because my first reaction was like, oh, cool, you, you, <laughs> you, you have some boundaries to work with. It's like, oh, great, that's yeah. great. I, I kind of look for ghosts in the machine sometimes, but, yeah. but I was like, oh, no, he, there <laughs> might have been some information in there that could have been used, yeah. you know.
0: And I can't, I can't call him back and say, "Hey, remember that interview we did last week? Can we redo it? Because I, I screwed well, everything I, up."
1: Yeah, I mean, unless they're they're a buddy of yours, I could yeah. see it being you know, like, "Ah, well." Yeah. You know. well, it's oh,
0: it's funny because I actually did that, the second one. I'll I'll spill a little more, a few more beans here. The, I, <laughs> when I did <laughs> the second one, I did with Robert Ross. Um, uh-huh. I started talking to him, and we got like ten minutes in. And I realized I had never hit the record button. Like, oh, oh shit!
1: Which has got to be like probably one the most common mistake. Yeah.
0: Two, the
1: most embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> I did. I, I I I had to stop a mid sentence. I'm like Robert. Hey, um, I don't know. My so, something's wrong with the software. It just it just oh, closed down. It just right. it just shut down on me. I don't know what's going on. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, he's like, all right. Well, that's good. That'll give me a few more. Let's do it in like uh, like two or three days. Call me back next week and we'll, we'll redo it. He's like that'll give me more time to think of some more stories for you.
1: Perfect. Oh, okay. so well, the nice thing about these days is you can blame it on software, and in a way, you're not wrong. No, exactly. It software wasn't was not working <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: because
2: <laughs>
0: it wasn't. Exciting. Because I got flustered early and forgot to hit this, the one button right. I had to hit. That's funny as hell.
1: Uh, well, we'll, well, we'll know if, if this one goes tits up. I'll be <laughs> like, okay.
0: I'll be, yeah, you, I might be able to call back and like, hey, can we redo a, a part of Absolutely it? Absolutely, you can. Absolutely, <laughs> you can. I love, I love oh, stuff. man. So, so the, <laughs> that, that's part of what this show is about. Just weird shit that happens while you're out. Playing music, whether it's in the studio yeah. or or live, I would really do appreciate you coming on. I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. Oh, good. Why? Because uh, I heard the music. <laughs> and good. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm. am Well, I'm somewhat familiar with with Freakwater, just a little bit. Um, yeah. I heard them um, years ago on. Uh, I think it's Bloodshot Records put out a a compilation of uh, for a decade of sin. Hmm. And they, they had a song on there, something about being drunk. I don't remember exactly what it was. I got a it month?
2: for...
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I got it because I'm a huge fan of uh, 16 Horsepower, uh, David, oh, Eugene, right. David Eugene Edwards, Woven Hand. And they did, um was it, was it a Gun Club cover or something like that? uh, dera- uh Derailed, I think they did. Uh, 16 Horsepower did. And then um, and so I listened to the whole thing and I was picking out bands that I like and Freakwater was one of them. So how did you get... That worked out well? Yeah, yeah. So, how did how did you get involved with Freakwater?
1: Um, it's it's um, it's not too long of a story, but it's it's weird. Uh, I like those stories. <laughs> well, like uh, so, my I, I had a really good friend years ago, and um, we, we would trade like cassette mixtapes, you know. And one time, uh, she had one that someone had given her, uh, and it was completely unmarked. Oh boy. And one of the songs was a Freakwater song that we both loved, but we didn't have any idea who the band was. Oh, and, you my. know, Google wasn't a thing. And so it was like, well, just keep your eye out if you ever hear it. And the song was My Old Drunk Friend mm-hmm. that they do. Yeah. Um, my Old Drunk
2: Friend. It's good to see you again. Every time you walk in, I shall
1: draw the old. And and whenever we, we'd always, that was kind of like our, our thing. It was like, we have this song and it's a mystery and their voices are really weird. And the, and the lyrics are are really thoughtful and smart. So it, it, it meant a lot to us to have this kind of mystery. And so years go, years, years go by and I'm, I'm, I'm in Asheville And whenever I, and I didn't really know anything about like Uncle Tupelo or alternative country or it or Americana or anything like that. That's not really what I was. I mean, I like country music and I like blues. Yeah. But I don't really care about like, like someone's modern interpretation of, of that. I appreciate it more now. But so whenever I would run into somebody who was roughly, even remotely, um, uh, knowledgeable of that world, I would ask about them, this, this band, because it had kind yeah. of stuck. Then, then now it was bothering me. <laughs> was like, oh, <laughs> my, how now I still don't know. It was, <laughs> um, and so I started, um, uh, a guy named David Wayne Gay moved to town who was a bass player, an interesting guy and Asheville is a small town. So a bass player moves to town you are like, Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. so, um, and he was in, and he was in this band that people were just like, oh man, this this guy from Free Quarter moved to town. It, was, it didn't mean anything to me, of <laughs> course, but I was I was in a country country band, like a honky tonk thing called White Heat, that he was putting together with someone else, um, that, or he had put together. And one one day we're just sit, we're just sitting in the car, we're about to play. We're like, oh, you know, okay, I'll ask you. You're the next in line. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a band? Uh, it's Two, I think it's two women, and they have this song about like my drunk friend. And he just started, like, he thought I was putting him on. It was like, oh. the, "Yeah, so it was like that's that's my band." And so it just, I flipped <laughs> flipped out. Yeah. And so, so like, skip ahead, he's the bass player on the album before this last one, um, and that I still play with to this day on a regular basis. <laughs>
2: oh man,
1: that's so. Crazy. Then so then they they so we all got to be friends, and they're, they're super nice people, of course. And time comes for them to make this this album a couple like a year and a half ago, and they just asked me to do it, and I was floored. I was and I was texting my friend because we're still in contact. I was like, "You will not believe what (laughs) pain I'm in." (laughs) It's our mystery band. That's that's, really kind of mind blowing, you know.
0: Really, that's the one of the weirdest stories I've ever heard. Isn't
1: it? I mean, like I've got goosebumps now just. Well, I'd never, really, I guess I've never really told that story from beginning to, to, to <laughs> and it's like, you know, that's weird as shit. It really it is. is. <laughs>
0: what are the odds so, of that? I mean, the odds of that have to be astronomical. What are the
1: fucking odds? You know, well, and, the thing, and they would even, like the album I played on was the first one they'd done in 10, 12 years or something. So they weren't even a thing. And, and, and who knows? You know, who knows? So I was. <laughs> I was way into doing that album, and it was a real kind of mindfuck the whole time. Like, <laughs> first time I played with him on stage, I had, I had came this close to having the, a panic attack, which I've never had. Oh, wow. Because I had, well, I've probably gotten a little too baked. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> That'll do it. I started thinking about it. I was like, oh, I was kind of having this existential just like, what? How did I get here? Because then I started thinking about the odds. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All from a little mixtape.
1: From a mixtape, and, and, and yeah. And now you're on yeah. stage. And now you know, and they're just, just buddies. You know, That's just amazing. friends. You know, I, I even kind of forget about that sometimes because, because it's now, today – We've now been friends for years and I don't really think about that that would that that's a weird thing. It's like, oh yeah, they're just my they're just my friends. I, you know, we're yeah. gonna go swimming or something. <laughs>
0: so you were you're born in San Francisco, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I wasn't there for very long, okay. but I was born there.
0: And, and your family's from Alabama? For the most part,
1: yeah. They're all they're all from uh, around the um the Gulf Coast. Um and now they're all mostly around Mobile. Uh, we have relatives around Philadelphia, Mississippi, but everybody over the past few generations have all been in uh, around Mobile. You know,
0: Were between- you guys a musical family?
1: Yeah. That's, that's kind of the, the family business beyond um, something something to do with sailing uh, is the <laughs> music. <laughs> Everybody's played music for for generations. We have some, like, like every family, we have some some relatives who are into genealogy and – Oh yeah! Uh, I've gone back and found old receipts for just just way just hundreds of years where they they came into town and they got like a like a sack of flour and rice, a bottle of whiskey, and a single violin string.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Man, that sounds like a great shopping list, doesn't
1: it? It's (laughs) like okay, we need that one violin string. (laughs) Oh, some bourbon,
0: (laughs) some bourbon, flour, and a, a violin string. We're going to have a party tonight, Ma.
1: Right, exactly. You know, they probably, they probably did. They probably didn't, you know, they went a long way back then. But, yeah, it's my uh, – my mom taught me how to play guitar, and she had really good taste in music, or I still think she does. Um, and, and she was a folk singer and around New Orleans and Austin, Texas when I was little. So those those are my earliest memories. And my uh, grandfather, her father was a a Dixieland jazz player. He played anything on his book and he was, he played up until his death just a few years ago. He was in a band. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so he, and he's kind of a character and and a storyteller. Um, and then his, his parents were both musicians in the opera and the symphony and then their parents so it's in my in, in my family it's always been a uh, it's an honorable profession as opposed to something you get out of your system yeah. <laughs> so there was never any kind of it was it was always something to aspire to as opposed to kind of keep behind closed doors yeah,
0: that's the weird one in the family he's in a band yeah. Yeah, well, you
1: know, I, and, and really the only, the hardest challenge I've ever had there interpersonally has been, uh, just kind of breaking free of just what they all like and what I'm, and what, and what they're all interested in. Cause it's, you know, it's a basically what you would just call Americana, I guess, but, um, jazz and big band and, and, um, folk and country and that kind of thing. So like, um, it it took me a while to to kind of find find my own voice, um, just because my family had such a strong musical tradition. Of, it's hard not to just be a part of the the band, being your family. You know what I mean? Just like, well, I want to go solo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so is that where the more uh, rock influence in your music comes from? Because your, your your music is, uh, it's a really awesome mix of, of the like the southern country, but little little bit more of the hard rock and like mm-hmm. like a like an evolution of of outlaw country maybe
1: yeah you know that i was just talking to a friend of mine who's uh way more knowledgeable than than i am about uh, music appreciation basically he's out here doing some carpentry over at the house we're working together um and he really loves the record and he and he um uh yeah I gave him a copy for doing some work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting paid. <laughs> but, uh, he really loves it, and he was just like, man, this would be like Joe Strummer or Warren Zevon's favorite record of their around. This would be their oh, – and, and we started talking. I was like, that's interesting. He's like, I'm I'm, I'm glad you like it. I'm always m- semi-surprised when people like, like my music only because of – I'm only trying to humor myself, yeah. basically. So, and but it, I knew this was a strong bunch of songs. And so I asked him. I was like, I was like, you, like, you think people will like this because it's, I know, I know it's kind of it's catchy. A lot of the songs are, but it's also, um, it's also, to me, it seems real familiar. Someone said it's just like, uh, it's like um, they they immediately recognized what's on their plate as a burrito. But they were completely surprised on the on the, pleasantly <laughs> when they been into it. He's like, "Oh, I've never had a burrito like this."
2: That you know what <laughs> like, that,
1: that kind of makes sense. You know, Just, it's not it's not um, John Cale or any or any um, like like really um, anything too challenging. I don't think. I mean, maybe lyrically, but it's it's recognizable as as rock and roll. I'm not reinventing the wheel here.
0: Dude. Yeah, exactly, exactly, oh. but. The thing that I love about everything that I heard was the humor in it. I mean, hmm. your, your lyrics are hilarious and they're they're they seem very they're understated, but the, the humor in it is undeniable and you got uh, like all right, so we will we'll go to the, a couple of the older songs like uh, the Mission Field that's a great track, all right. so that's that's, that's a, you know an older one, but.
1: Some of the streets of Slidell. So my You're entering the mission field. Now you are entering the mission It's
0: first field. time I've ever heard Slidell in, in, in a song. I don't know anybody who who knows Slidell in a song. Um
1: <laughs> well that's just that was just a true story. <laughs>
0: oh yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, here we go! Like always, sad. You know, you sleep drunk mm-hmm. every night. You reference Elmore James. I think that that's freaking oh, awesome. Oh yeah, um, that,
1: maybe the second person that's ever like uh, noticed that. It hurts me too. Oh really? <laughs> <this> reference <laughs> <It's> Elmore James. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, it's great. I love it. and I, I love Elmore James. So. And then um, yeah, I mean, four leaf clover, bears eating mom and dad. I mean, that's just that, that cracked me up.
2: <laughs> yeah, that-
1: That one, yeah, that was a funny one to write just because just it was a lot of uh, – I take a lot of notes throughout the day, you know, if something catches my ear or my eye. Or, and so um, sometimes I'll just – that one was kind of scattershot, like um, who was it that would – the the writer um, that would take like take snippets out of other books – and then throw them on the on the ground. I think it was uh, William. um Oh, his name's for I'm forgetting. I'm blanking out right now. And just kind of throw throw words and phrases around. And so I have a, a lot of words and phrases. And I had I had the chorus for this for a long time, and I wasn't really sure where it was going. And I, and I had a lot of extra lyrics sitting around. And so I kind of looked at them and see do do any of these kind of jump out as working with this song in yeah. any stretch. And to me, like, there is a cohesiveness there, but you have to look for it. Like, it tells, it tells the story. I'm not sure everyone would say it tells the same story. But, yeah, and some of it just, just you know, it's just fun.
0: Olive, they're, they're blessed. Now, and I, I went digging a little bit in your back catalog, and really? speaking of senses of humor, and a couple of songs jumped out at me as far as making me laugh my ass off. Like, uh, it's Christmas time.
2: Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> that
0: killed me The little kid at the end It's Christmas time And my sweet babies Ho 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 and ho It's Christmas time And my sweet
2: babies
0: Ho 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 Singing ho 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 and around it Just that's that destroyed me
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that,
1: that was me too, and that was such a happy accident because um, the um, the the label I was with, uh, Fluff and Gravy, that's one of their kids, and he loved that song, and we they would like they would like record it on their phone and, and send it around to each other, and it was like oh my god, uh, I was like man we got to we got to put him singing at the, the put that on the the record. I was actually.
0: I was actually really? at, at work listening to it, and I started laughing. <laughs> I, I had my headphones on, and, and I'm doing my job, and that happened. I just started laughing, and everybody's looking at me like, what the hell's wrong with you? No, I mean, yeah, I, that's... I'm listening to Christmas music.
1: Right, and then that's kind of funny to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I, I ran across this amazing cover from the Unholy Trio, Public Enemies, Bring the Noise. <laughs>
1: Incredible enemy Number One Five O Z Freeze and I got numb. Cannon, I never really had a gun. It's a wax of the Terminator X one Turn it up.
0: That a noise. Amazing. How did you do that?
1: <laughs> um well, I mean, we were texting back and forth, but it, it initially was I mean, I can. I mean being it was funny, being bored I can remember being bored, kinda of standing around in the heat on a football field in high school. And, and we're just like waiting for whatever was going to happen. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, if you've ever gone through s- s- summer football camp, it, yeah. it, a lot of us is kind of bored. So I was just sitting there like making up dumb songs and just cracking up my teammates. <laughs> How long can you go? Death us but a brother knows once again, back is the incredible. And so that kind of stuck with me for years. And then we had a couple of a couple of minutes left in the session, and I just started playing it with with these guys. It's funny, the bass player on the one you probably heard is the bass player from Freakwater. Oh, really? Yeah. And we were just <laughs> fucking around. I mean, I never ever <laughs> expected any. I just was like, just like, we should record that that version of Bring the Point. <laughs> and, and so. Bloodshot ends up hearing it somehow, I think, because of Freakwater, and put it on one of their compilations. And I was kind of mortified. Oh. I mean, I mean, of course they asked, and I'm not going to say no because, you know, all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But I was like, oh, I, 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 couldn't believe. it. And so, so then, like, we went to South by Southwest that year off the, on the back of that song. And and like a couple years later, I get a, I get an email from Chuck D. <laughs> Whoa. Somebody's fucking with me, you know? So I I had a buddy of mine help me do like IP lookup and everything on the email address because I didn't want to get my hopes up or just like, because I was starting to freak out. I was like, is he mad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I didn't want the S1W, or S S W ones coming to get me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but no, we looked it up. And sure enough, it was for uh, a magazine that he published and I was just, I was just like, he wanted an MP3. I was like, of, of course, man. man. I didn't, I didn't, I was so kind of starstruck. It was weird to be starstruck over email. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I was like, oh my god, my, the first concert I ever saw was a Public Enemy show. Really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't tell him. I just wanted, I just kind of wanted to wash my hands of the whole thing as fast <laughs> as I could <laughs> I threw up all over my keyboard, was like. I always wanted to talk to Jack V, yep. but I'm not sure it's under these circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he he just – it turns out he just wanted to get a copy of it because he thought it was funny as shit. That's, That's awesome. A, That's awesome. You know, and then somebody else made a pretty interesting video of it. It was shot on like an unfinished work site with a, a woman and maybe some like, – I don't know. Some questionable characters is that, doing questions? Is that the things.
0: one in, in black and white? Is it – it's,
1: it looks like a handheld recorder.
0: Yeah, it kind of looks like a home movie by John Wayne Gacy or something.
1: Yeah, it's 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 disturbing. Yeah, I did see that
2: one.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one was. Just got, I think his name is Mark Mix out of Austin, Texas. Oh my they they showed it at, at South by Southwest. Again, I'm just like, you know, you write all these sincere songs from your heart, and this is the
0: one. So. Be careful what you record, kids. No kidding. <laughs> See, humor always wins out.
1: It worked out, you know, it would I mean, it was as funny. as I got nothing to be ashamed of, I guess.
0: No, man, <laughs> I think it's awesome. I, I loved it.
1: And I'm glad I, you do. I'm always I was like, <laughs> what is this? Okay?
0: <laughs> am I just
1: an idiot in the world?
0: I've always wondered maybe, about that too. Like, you know, people will record covers, or play them live, and I just, I, I wonder if, now, if you don't get permission. I mean, did you have to get permission for for the for the record company to put it out?
2: Did, um, I don't even know, know how that works. Bloodshot,
1: Bloodshot might have because you know we we did sign a, a contract for them to to put it out. Okay. Uh, I remember uh, what the first time I ever heard the phrase uh, in perpetuity.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess it's yours now. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, That's, you know, if you don't if you don't want it, then they can gladly have it, right?
1: Right. Well, I, exactly. It's like I wasn't going to do anything. It, it doesn't. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> like, if, they, if they can, if Pletcher, I can make a couple bucks off of it, and more power to them.
0: Well, I saw another interesting video, and it's it's more. I don't even know how to really describe this. You posted a, a live version of "Hunt Me Down" on your YouTube page. And live at the <laughs> Doonanny Annie Outsider Folk <laughs> Art Festival.
1: Yeah, that and place is fucking cool as shit. There is
0: the skinniest Here. old hippie out in front of the he's stage. He's the only one dancing too. Yeah, he's, he's the only one, there. and he's doing the weirdest shit I've ever seen. I'm, I'm not t- entirely, I'm not entirely convinced it's not Chris Robinson from the Black Rose.
1: Uh, maybe a time traveling one. <laughs>
0: maybe, but he's he's like. Then it's yeah, a it's rail not- and just on another planet.
1: Yeah, well, that was a fun festival. that's not going on anymore. I don't think this folk artist named Butch Anthony. From, it's in the middle of Alabama. Um, we played it a couple of years, and that was in the, the afternoon, and people were just kind of always playing and doing it. It was a really crazy, crazy, crazy deep south festival that I, I do well at places like <laughs> that. <laughs> I, I'll tell you wouldn't know it from that video, but we did pretty good.
0: It looked like a blast. I mean, that guy was having fun. And I'll tell you what, if yeah. honestly, I'm kind of an ass like this. If that was me on stage, I probably would have done like this super long, like, Leonard Skinner style jam just to see how long that guy would stay upright. I would just keep right, going and it, going until he fell.
1: It started to be a battle at a certain yeah. point. Just like, all right, we're doing this. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, he looked like he was going to fall down many times.
1: He made, he made me have, I I think I ended up talking to him after that. And he was a cool dude. The whole thing was, there's a character everywhere you looked at this festival. It was pretty, pretty DIY. Lots of great art. Lots (laughs) of good, like busking type kind of stuff going on. Oh,
2: cool.
1: And then I rolled in. I, I do a lot of different versions of this, this project. And that one was, it seemed right to do more of like a Southern rock thing that day.
0: I, and you know, you, you did another live, uh, God, I'm, I'm trying to remember the, the name of the song. Um, some of your songs I've noticed sound different, li- uh, you know, markedly different live than they do on the albums. So they sound a lot mm-hmm. harder and heavier on, the, on Is that just because it's it's a live environment or are they just evolving? or? Um,
1: uh, it's a little of both. I mean, I like to take advantage of whatever chemistry I have going on, uh, depending on who I'm playing with at that point and what the venues like, um, because it's not often that I'm in a situation to where I can just rock out Molly hatchet style, you know, (laughs) this is what we're doing tonight. And to me, it's, it goes back to, um, always being slightly surprised when people, I'm not just being humble when I say I'm surprised that people like it because I am really just, I'm just making the music I want to hear. And that, that, that goes from, from the records, to me, just here right now with my guitar, to playing at this this folk art festival in the middle of Alabama. And, I've, I've got, and who am I playing with? These two guys, they're good at doing kind of like a heavy kind of thing. Let's go for it. We're out, we're out in the, the red clay of Alabama in the middle of the day drinking uh, beer. Let's raise
0: hell.
1: I try not to get too artsy about the whole thing you know it's yeah. kind of like what do we want to do let's have fun it's 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 all rock and roll in the end
0: well it, it was awesome I've, it's uh, ain't no grave was the one I was thinking of
1: oh yeah that's where the friends jacket and the cowboy hat yeah, was that, yeah that was cool as shit
0: Yeah, I, I hear the studio version and it kind of sounds like it could be played at yeah. at revival or something and then mm-hmm. you go into the the live version and it's a lot more rocking and uh so
1: that's, that's nice. just the guys I was playing with and and the gal um, the drummer was Sam Henry from this band called the wipers. Um, Oh, the Greg Sage and the west wipers west. wipers. Yeah. Like, after them. He was, he was a drummer for them. And then, uh, incredible bass player, Jay Johnson. And then that's my ex wife on Oregon, uh, Audra Fleming from East Tennessee. And so like that pretty much, you've got like Steppenwolf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, is, this is how this is going to play out. Um, for and, and these are really random shows that are, that are on video a lot of those things when it when it comes down to like album release shows which I'm, i've got a string of going um i'm i'm usually picking players to where it's like to to play the album and it doesn't stray too much more until maybe the last three or four songs to where it's like okay let's let loose and party and let's do something we're doing a, a cool version of uh St. James Infirmary right now that's based off of, uh, this guy, Billy Lee Riley who did, uh, I think UFOs of rock and roll. Um, so it's a, it's a cool kind of like soul, soul version of, of that. So, you know, I try not to get too heady about the stuff that's, I, that, because that's how I write the songs. It's, it's real, it's, it's, it's fairly cerebral. And so once I, once I'm done, I like just become a fan and just enjoy them. Oh, okay. And, and you know what I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. even if it's me solo, uh, if you come to see a solo thing, it's um there it's going to sound a lot different because it's that's the chemistry. It's me and a big electric guitar alone on stage. They get moved around a little bit more, so it's it's all just a big sandbox, really.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So, how did you get started with Drunken Prayer? I I heard a story that it involved Tom Waits. <laughs> yeah, you know that was
1: kind of the genesis uh, of it. Um, with without. You know, you. I guess you, I'm not name-dropping them. You did. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I name-dropped him. That's what I do here. Right. Um, my dad – so I was born in, in California. Uh, my dad's still in North California, and he happens to live roughly in the same town, Tom Waits. Okay. And uh, I had left the East Coast. I was in Nashville for about a year. Um, I wanted to leave western North Carolina and just get out and see the rest of the, the country. And landed at my dad's farm in Northern California, for worked at a bookstore, um, and Tom White's would just come in, and he and I developed the uh, like a little. We would just talk. I wouldn't really talk about music, mainly whatever book he was looking for. We we talk about that. I remember I sold him a book on rats and all the rats, <laughs> the rats <laughs> of New York, and and. and Sure enough, on the on the next album he put out, Real Gone, he uh uh, there's a song about rats on there. I was like yes, <laughs> I I'm not won't exactly take credit for that, but uh, but I did sell him the book. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so anyway, I, I I ended up having a really long conversation with him in the fish market. <laughs> um, I, I was buying wine and he was buying fish, and we just started talking, and and it finally did come around to music. And he uh, he talked about how he opened up for Charlie Rich in New York. Yeah, he's like, oh, the Silver Fox. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Well, and the, So the first time he – as an aside, you, have, you haven't you have lived or you've heard your name come out of his mouth. Oh, I, it, it would almost make me throw up. He'd be like, hey, uh, Morgan.
0: <laughs> oh, you said my name. That would be, that would be amazing because he sounds like he gargles gravel.
1: Yeah. 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 And that's exactly, that's, that's exactly our talk. So we started talking and we started getting into like how I was less I was, I was uh, feeling restricted by the idea of genres and playing either this or either that. And, and, and and the, the, the craft that it takes to just throw it all into the pot and have something come out that tastes good. That's cohesive. Yeah. Um, um, and he turned me on at the same time to some really good gospel records. Um, and, and the, and, and it just was just, was kind of basically saying it's okay not to choose. Just do whatever you want, just do whatever you want to do and trust that because it's filtered through you, it'll be cohesive. Even though in my mind, a lot of it doesn't seem particularly cohesive at all I'll talk to people who are like, oh, yeah, I totally see a common theme, even though like they don't all have to be the same meter or the, you don't you don't have to be, you know, like ministry or something where it's all basically, just like you know, what yeah. you, you know, yeah. Um, or like Horton Heat or something like that, you know, to where it's it's <clears throat> like ministries are one because they no, don't really have a great genre to put them in. But it always sounds exactly like ministry to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, I swear. Whereas my stuff, it, it, Like I feel like it's kind of like the the story of the group of blind men and the elephant, where depending on which part you you grab, you're gonna think it's a completely different animal. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's how I see. See, what I do. So mean. I I think it's a lot more kind of messed up than other people. Like, oh yeah, I, I see a thread there. So.
0: Oh man! So I guess he's right, so
1: that, that, that kind of opened it up for me to kind of like, okay, it's fine. Let's, and through that, I um, that was my focus after that. And right after that, I moved to Portland, started uh, I started playing. The only gigs I could get were on Sunday afternoons, and I know a shitload of gospel songs. And so we were playing in like biker bars, but playing like just a closer walk with the <laughs> and all these things.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: people loved it. They ate it up. You oh, know, awesome. Some of us you know, got a southern accent, and I'm from the south, and we're doing, like, these old Baptist hymn, hymns, but with a rock band, basically, and, and like, Drunken Prayer just kind of evolved out of that, playing gospel music in biker bars <laughs> around the northwest.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So it's when, a pretty- when you're recording and you're touring, do you use the same... And you, you said that you'll when you're doing a record release uh, show, it'll you'll do uh, stuff that's closer to the album. Are, are you touring with the same people that you record with? No, no. Uh-uh. I've I've got um,
1: <clears throat> so I, I really like that chemistry of of having different people to play with, and I've kind of engineered this thing to where I've got a group of folks in Austin, Texas that I'll be playing with on this next tour. Okay, um, I've got a. Uh, all the, and then they, they play with this guy Will Courtney, so they're pretty straightforward Americana, alt country it's going to be an easy an easy transition with them right. they're, you know, it's going right. to be two guitars drums, bass then in Albuquerque I'm going to pick up so the song Rubble and Dust the third song on this new record you ask yourself what do you do let's not, let's not say we did spare the ride and spoil the key. Is, um, two guys from Albuquerque. I know Alex McMahon and Greg Williams. Alex is the steel guitar player and just kind of Swiss army knife for uh, the handsome family. We, uh, we've done a lot of touring together and he and I grew to be really, really good friends. And so they're the, they're, that's, that's only, that's song only has me and them on it, no bass. And so those two will play in the Southwest. And then when I go up to the Northwest, I'll, I've got any number of people I love to play with. Yeah. And so we'll, and that's when I'll get back to. We play to our strengths, you know what I mean? So, so if it, if, if it's, Sometimes it feels a little more, more kind of like literally rootsy blues and country. Sometimes it's a little more rock and roll. Other times it's a little more even kind of artsy. If you bring an accordion into it, or okay. you know, depending on who's. I've been lately. I've been playing with a a, bode, a guy who plays bowed bass and uh, a fiddle player, and so them together almost puts this little string section by me while I play this, this big like country gentleman. Oh man, <laughs> that thing's gorgeous. I love it. So that's a, that okay. right now is my new favorite kind of combination because <laughs> it's, because they have this like hillbilly string section going on behind me. And it's really, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's beautiful yeah. and 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 quiet, you know? And, and so it's, it, it goes back the, the, the long answer to a short question is it, it's, uh, the group groups of people and I tour solo in between okay um, which has other you know it's, its own set of challenges
0: oh yeah I, I bet um,
1: getting a gig being yeah. the make
0: <laughs> so the, the, the new album Cordelia Elsewhere uh, you used you funded that through Kickstarter
1: for the most
0: part, yeah. How was your experience with them? I know uh, some of these places are having a tough time. Like Pledge Music has really screwed over a lot of people. Oh,
1: man. It had screwed over a friend of mine. I saw it on Facebook. What? Yeah. yeah that, I, was, that was
2: heartbreaking.
0: It screwed over Failure. I'm going to see Failure in uh, two weeks. Uh, they're coming in D.C. And uh, so I'm going to uh, meet up with Kelly. And uh, he's just like, this. yeah, this really fucked us. He's like, this is this is terrible. Because that's – now, the, the thing is – I got the digital copies of all the music, but I paid twenty bucks for an autographed CD, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to get it. Good news and bad news.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got your autograph. <laughs> yeah. Well, the
0: the cool thing is uh, Kelly's put me on the guest list. I'm going to go to the 9:30 Club in DC. Hopefully, meet up with them, and uh, I'll just have them sign one of my old albums.
1: Yeah. So no, I mean, I mean, that's that's but, the thing. It, it's, it seems like the only. <laughs> ethical level of the music industry are the people who get screwed the hardest yeah no those are the ones It's like of course those guys are gonna make it up to you um, you yeah. know what I mean like any situation I've ever had where it was something took too long or whatever the artist always makes it right nine times out of ten and go and okay. goes beyond what what they what they even need to do yeah where the higher up you go it's like well just pre be prepared to be screwed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it just falls on the shoulder. It sucks. Well, the my my, I had a lot of good mentors doing this. I had a friend who here in, a, in Asheville that had just gone through it for his, uh, like a yoga studio or something, and then a friend, and then another friend of mine used to work for Kickstarter. Oh,
2: really?
1: And oh, and had has done a couple of records on his own, and he was he was a wealth of just real practical stuff, just I'll like. Bet to aim low yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cuz i told him basically what i needed I, I like i'm not trying i wasn't trying to get like 35 grand or something like that you know it was it was it was pretty humble i figured out what i could beg borrow and steal on my own and then like where was the shortcomings like okay this is what i need and the hardest part was figuring out the rewards
2: oh, because man. i didn't
1: I, because I wanted to make it worthwhile, but then I couldn't lose money on that because it defeats the purpose. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, like how to get people value for the money and which was just a, a nice little crash course in, uh, capitalism or, or, or commerce in general, like how to get people value for their money and not lose your shirt in the meantime. So there's a lot of stuff that only I could provide like signed stuff and, you know, and, um, which reminds me, I forgot to sign a whole bunch of
0: CDs. <laughs> anyway. hey, it's a good thing you're doing this show.
1: <laughs> yeah, really. I got some writing to do.
0: See, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I'm actually considering putting this show uh, out on Patreon, and mm-hmm. it—I don't know if you're—if anybody's familiar with Patreon, it works the same as. Oh yeah. Yeah, it works similar to Kickstarter for anything, and you know, it. I've—I actually—I've uh, got artwork for a logo that I had made, and. But I'm trying to figure out, you know, what would somebody pay for a, a pod – to listen to a podcast? What, what am, You know, I it comes out free, but – so if I want yeah. people to pay, I've got to do bonus. I've got to give them, like, early access or
1: Notes, extra maybe. stuff.
0: Yeah, or extra, yeah. you know, a bonus episode, you know, maybe outtakes from, from each show. Just pare it down the show a little bit, keep some stuff aside, maybe release that as bonus material. But I've also
1: it works. got – Well, sometimes – I don't know if, if you're like this. It's hard to – Sometimes it would be hard to ask for money for something you'd be doing anyway. You know what I mean? I love doing this show. Then then people don't value it as much. I was like, well, I don't want to just elevate prices because I want people to value it more. It's like I'm not a dick. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: So I was thinking I've got – I actually have a logo for the show that uh, I was really fortunate enough to get made. Uh, One of the first people I had on the show was a guy named Mark Dancy. Uh, He's an artist. He was in a band in the '90s called Big Chief. Really? Mm-hmm. He also uh, from Detroit. Oh, Big Chief, yeah. Yeah, but he also did uh, the artwork for Soundgarden's Bad Motorfinger album. Really? That's amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> right I great Oh yeah, it is. It is. And but I'm all, I was also a huge Big <laughs> Chief fan all from the beginning. So I reached out to him because I knew he was an artist, just to have him on the show and talk to him and just see about what he's doing and and because I love his artwork mm-hmm. and. After the show, I said, hey, what would you charge to do a logo for me? So he gave me a price. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So, he, nice. so now my logo is made by the same guy who did Soundgarden's artwork for Bad Motorfinger. So, That's
2: incredible.
0: Yeah, I love it. I'm, it freaks me out. That's my well, so, Chuck D story. Have
1: to, you just have to ask, too. Yeah. You know, that, that uh, album before this one, The Devil in the Blues, um, uh, John Lankford from the Mekons did that. Oh, you know, cool. And I'm a huge fan of his art, and and I like to have interesting artwork. And I had this idea for me fighting the devil, and then people in the crowd are worked on the record, so it's all the musicians and the engineers are, are in the crowd.
2: Oh, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> and and I was like, yeah, but who who is gonna pull this off? <laughs> and, just, and so I asked. I I I know John through through Freakwater, and just asked him. He's, I mean, he does this for a living. He's like, it's X amount. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how it, it costs a thing. And then you give me that thing and I'll do it for you. He's like, oh, well, that was easy. I know. I would, <laughs> I was,
0: I was, the same thing. I was blown away because he gave me this price. and It was like three figures. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you, you sure exactly. you're charging me the right price? It's so, like, yeah. So he did yeah. some sketches. He emailed them to me, and I I kept those. So I've got those. Sure, I've sure. got a couple of options of the, this thing because it's it's to me it's amazing because I I I listened to this guy's music. I would look. I watched his artwork. I, I his album covers I, I, are just amazing to me. And yeah. And he worked with Soundgarden. So I'm like, and now I've got something from him. So it's just it's a no brainer. Yeah, it's amazing. So so you with Kickstarter.
1: I and did. then you value it because you paid X amount and, yep. and you, you love it, so it's just like we're we're all in the same kind of brain.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I gotta tell you, I did see the uh, the your video for your Kickstarter campaign, and I I do love the uh, white snow boots that you had on.
1: for that. Oh, aren't those sweet?
0: They are nice. Yeah. <laughs> all
1: right. My my stepmother. Sent me those because she wore she she's a farmer and it's like those are just her shoes. <laughs> See, yeah. you know? But but she, but she, she's
2: like
1: I'm from Brazil stormtrooper in
2: those.
1: <laughs> I love I love they sitting around right on the front porch now. I only I just I'm, every time it, like it starts to rain, I'll put those things on and wrap around. <laughs> That was a fun video to make. Last winter was brutal over here and cold, but we have a—it's kind of picturesque. We are true hillbillies out here. <laughs> We're in this part of part of western North Carolina called Emma. We're basically Asheville, okay. um, but there's no there's no flat surface anywhere, anywhere. You have all these these kind of like creepy trees. I don't know if you had a chance to see the video for 50 um, foot locusts that came out last week, I think it was from the new album. And that was, that was recorded in the front yard. And it's, it's, it's all just like these kind of like, like just, just wicked looking trees and and start. It's, it's pretty photogenic out here, even when it's, even when it's not. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I love, it. I was a, I'm a photographer myself. I went to college for it and haven't done it. I did it professionally for like, Twelve years or so, and I'm, I've had kids, and that kind of went out the window, and I had to get insurance and also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I that's one thing I always like is, is artwork. I'm always looking for for good artwork. It draws me into an album. So.
1: Yeah, but me too. That's why I like vinyl too, is because yeah. like I see it bigger. Yeah. It's not that because on my stereo system, you're not going to hear the
2: difference.
1: Yeah. <laughs> vinyl. Same but here. I, but, but I can hold the vinyl. It makes all the difference in the world. So I'll nine times out of ten I'll listen to the downloads and, and go through the or just and hold the record while listening to it. Even if it doesn't have a lot of information, yeah I'll find myself like with Beggar's Banquet or something by the Stones. There's nothing there. <laughs> not not yeah. for the not for the the version that that finally made it out. Um but I'll sit there and just hold it and look at look at the names of the songs while well, that's, it's playing.
0: That's how I found half of the bands that I love is going through the liner notes on, on records and CDs just reading them as the album's playing.
1: Well, and then, so, like, for me, I'd, I've got a new website that's rolling out any day. It's pretty much finished. And I, um, for this one, shelled out, um, instead of just doing it by myself, uh, <laughs> which, you know, it only goes so far, yeah. had a, had, um, all the lyrics are there with each album. So that you can go by – so I extended the kind of liner notes idea to the, to the website to where if you were listening to music – I don't do any pop-ups for music. I figure you can, you can put that on somewhere else on yeah. Spotify or something um, or listen to the record. But you can go to the website and read the lyrics as they're going by in, in order.
2: That's awesome. That's a great so- idea.
1: If people bother to, I, I, well, I mean, it was my. It was, it was for. It was Bob Dylan's idea. Because <laughs> I was, whenever I would need want to find some Dylan lyrics, I would go to his website because ah, it's easy, easy to navigate. I'm, I'm there. I had a bookmark because oh I was okay. playing his song. So that the the idea of liner notes, I think, it's when when people talk about digital versus analog and how we're where everything's just ones and zeros and downloads It's like, yeah. But you know, if change your perspective a little bit, and maybe you don't have liner notes on an album, but chances are, if you if you can go to their website and look at their lyrics, we're all good. Like that's all you wanted, yeah. right? You yeah. just wanted to re- read the lyrics and have the music. That's. So I'm trying to do that with, with <laughs> my website to where it's an extension of an album, you know, basically.
0: That, that just gave me an idea. You were talking about how, or earlier, you, you didn't like being stuck in one genre and. You weren't sure how to do some of the songs without feeling like you were stuck in one genre. Has anybody done country-ish music, Americana music about it? Like instead of songs about your you know your mom dying, your your wife and your dog run off, it's more like you're trying to slide into somebody's DMs but your Wi-Fi's down.
1: Yeah, Alan Jackson. W <laughs> <dot> misery. <laughs> I think it's, it's W W dot misery.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, they they're that, absolutely. You know, I'm gonna have
0: what, to check that out because I think that would be amazing. Do like an entire concept album, but make it like country and it and about poor IT connections or something.
1: Yeah, well, you could easily well and misconnections. I mean, it 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 can get it can get deep too. You know, <laughs> you could. It's kind of like I always cynically thought. You know that episode of South Park where Cartman starts playing Christian music? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All he did was change, like, oh girl, it's oh
2: Jesus.
1: <laughs> like man, that would be cynically be so easy to do. If, if 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 I was unethical <laughs> it, was like, it wouldn't be hard because I've man, I've had people come up to me and um I'm not particularly religious, but I was raised up Irish Catholic and went to a Presbyterian school and, and I I live I live in the Bible belt, so I've got a lot of respect for 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 people's beliefs and their religions. Yeah. And like yeah. there's nothing really joke about so and um i've had a I, I was playing this show in santa barbara where there was a whole prayer group was there they wanted to just come get some beers after whatever they were doing and and um i happened to be playing there and they were so moved that we did like a prayer circle like in the in a dark and like in the back of the bar it was just like i know this is weird but do you mind we were so moved but there was like that song pearls and swine and like a lot of them have some kind of like religious overtones to uh, the mission field there's like, you know what you're seeing, right? And I was like, yeah, I know yeah. what I'm – like, like it's not lost on me that a lot of these are kind of um, – um, I don't think they're overtly Christian, but they do have some kind of religious overtones to them. They're, a lot of them are, are bigger – Bigger subjects they are they they can be kind of existential and like, what does it mean to be here? What does it mean to be good? What does it mean to be bad? Yeah. Is there a good? Is there a bad? That kind of like big philosophical stuff, and that happens more often than I would've than I than I would've expected. Wow! And uh, and, and it's really touching when that kind of thing happens. There's there, a guy in England that came and we got a nice long kind of theological talk about that about the really? song. Did I mean to do this? Was is usually the first thing that comes up. It's like, did you mean to do this, or is this an accident? I was like, well, a little both. Yeah. <laughs> <Is it> everything, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's an accident that you heard it and like it. It's it was not an accident that I wrote the damn thing. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I've been, I've really been enjoying uh, the new album Cordelia Elsewhere, and mm-hmm. it's like we mentioned before. You know, it's you're not trying to reinvent the wheel with it. It's a, the sounds are really familiar. Do you use any? I uh, know you show me your nice new guitar. Do you use any vintage instruments to get the sounds that you want? The sounds that are kind of familiar to people.
1: Um, not on, not specifically. I mean, the the amp I use isn't that old, and it's made in North Carolina, but it's kind of boutiquey. It's a nice one. It's built like they, like they, like they were building them 40 years ago. Okay. So it's. Is using that kind of same technology. The guitars are just, the guitars aren't particularly vintage. Nothing nothing on this was this time. It only, it would not it would never be on purpose to use vintage stuff. It's just that a lot of that stuff just sounds more interesting to my ears. Like I've got an old early 60s Silvertone amp, tiny little thing that doesn't work well live. <laughs> it's small, but in a recording studio, it sounds massive, but mm-hmm. it's about this big, you know. We yes. just crazy. And you can't tell, it's like when you're listening to the headphones. I, I remember that was a revelation when, uh, you know the band Urge Overkill? Oh, yeah. I, I love that band. Um, and it was a revelation that how they got some of those giant guitar sounds on saturation was using tiny little amps. Oh. Like, oh, of course, because it doesn't matter. They don't have to be big in the studio. Yeah, you know?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, why did I? <laughs> and, then, and, and then sure enough, it was like, they weren't, of course, the first to think about that. Jimmy Page was using Tiny Little Amps. They've, they've always been using Tiny Little Amps. This yeah. What you do. It's like, like I said, I'm not an, I'm not an engineer. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, <laughs> you got any weird stories, anything odd happen uh, while recording any of the music? I, I'll, I'll tell you an example. I've used this example a lot on this show, but one of my favorite bands is Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. And I was I'm lucky enough to have uh Leah and Peter on a few months ago. Oh wow, really? Yeah, yeah. It it, it it's it's an amazing Name. story. Uh, she uh Leah's story about uh having to have brain surgery is amazing. She talks she talks about it a, oh yeah, she she was out for about a year uh recovering. It was it, she talks about it all on the show, so you should go and listen. But um, <laughs> <laughs> But Peter was telling some of the we, you know, they they like to get a lot of weird sounds and he was telling me about um, on the new album that they just came out with a few months ago, Wrong Creatures, on one song, he wanted to get a, a, the reverb to sound on his voice. Uh, he had wanted it a particular way. So what he did was he stuck his head in a piano and started singing <laughs> with his head in the piano. And mm-hmm. he got the reverb sound he wanted. And then later, good idea. Well, later he he's really disappointed because later the engineers just told him, well yeah, we got a setting for that. We could have just dialed you in. You didn't have to stick your head in, in, in a piano and sing the entire song that way.
1: Right. So, but you know, there's a lot to be said for for doing that just to kind of I don't know, you you start getting pretty close to religion at that point when you when you when it's there's there's a lot to be said for the process and and how are you wanting how how do you want this story to read? Mm-hmm you want it to read you stuck your head in the piano to got this or you want it to read that there's a plug in that did the same thing That's you true. You know what I mean? says so like if it's if it's if it's I mean usually it's a matter of necessity but it's like I could see Jones it like yeah I'm still going to stick my head in the piano. Yeah. <laughs> better story. You know it's it's, a, it's it's just a better it's just a better story.
0: Have you gone down any rabbit hole like that trying to get a particular sound or anything?
1: In in general I I have on 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 this one, the weirdest thing about this one is, is how easy it was to make. Oh, really? Uh, on yeah, on other records, it seems like it's nothing but rabbit holes. <laughs> <laughs> this one was so straightforward that um, I didn't I didn't really feel the need to really do much more than just what the the song kind of asked asked to do. Um, the hardest one being Cordelia because uh, I just really liked the song and thought it sounded just fine on, on on acoustic guitar or it sounds really good as a piano song. And then um, a friend of mine was just like, fuck it, that song's a diva. You know, you just throw everything <laughs> at it. It's like, you're right. You know, so, so, it's <laughs> like, it's like the stuff. so it's got piano and organ, acoustic guitar, electric guitar and, and these big breaks. Like, you're right. It.
0: I it love that a, song.
1: Because because I I tend to I I, I tend to undersell stuff or, or want to <laughs> but then I'll go into these rabbit holes that I, I've got a few songs like on the mission field, uh Never Tends to Forget. That could be three songs. <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah. But I mean uh, I can't imagine it any other way now that it's like I've done it a million times. But I really could I could have taken taken that apart and made two or three songs out of that, so for this, unfortunately there's no really good stories about going in and down the whole thing has been a roll of the dice for one Kickstarter asking other people to um, give um, you uh, hiring Mitch Easter who worked with R.E.M. and and was in Let's Active to do that was a roll of the dice in that, I was like, well fuck, I can mix a record (laughs) for for free, you know but (laughs) i I don't have his ears I don't have his studio i don't have his experience and yeah, that was the yeah. roll of the dice and the whole thing was just it's it's to me i hope I'm not being uh unhumble but it's a's it's a strong group of songs and i wanted them to i wanted them to be put in in as favorable light as as possible so was like okay i'm i hope these are as good as I think they are <laughs> you know <laughs>
0: I and love it, Cordelia. It
1: all works out, you know. So
0: well, Cordelia, like you just mentioned, it, it's it's one of my favorites on the album. I mean, your song writing, the, the lyrics are about as straightforward as the music. I mean, the the line, "I hate what they did to my town, so I moved to another town." That's so that's so so simple, it's, but
1: it's it's it more fundamental than that.
0: Exactly, and I know everybody that I know of has done that. You know, yeah, I, was, yeah,
1: I, you know, or tried to. You yeah, know, my own, my only qualms with that and and you know, let's hang out a little bit. And you'll know I'm a brooder about things.
2: You know?
1: <laughs> well, not everybody can afford to move. You know, it, it's yeah. that's like that was written from a point of semi privilege I mean, I don't have a lot of money, but I could move yeah. if I really needed to and and do all the, the fucking time. You yeah. know? So, so there's, there's that kind of, just like questioning, just like, do I put this out? And that's just me taking shit too seriously, really.
0: Well, I, I like the folks. I mean, this may this may sound weird, but vocally, I, when I'm listening to it, I kind of hear kind of like a, a cross between like a Stevie Ray Vaughan and Randy Newman in your voice, and, That's and
1: interesting, yeah,
0: and I like I like the the writing is 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 as simple as some of the best Randy Newman songs. So huh. I, it's really fantastic to me to 'cause because everything's straight and to the point, especially on the new album.
1: Uh huh. That's that. I wonder if that that's interesting. I wonder if that goes in with how the weird thing is that nothing weird about this has (laughs) happened. Like I've said this before, I'm still waiting, and I hope I'm not jinxing myself. I'm waiting for the other boot to drop because everything has been so kind of smooth and worked so easily. Even which is funny because it it was not an easy birth. These songs, they were no, they were. um, I had a lot of the music kind of kicking around as I do now, I've got, I've got songs that won't come out for years, yeah. just cause of oh, wow. let, let them, you know, let them simmer. Yeah. But this one had a lot uh, had a lot of music, but not a lot of focus, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in our current social climate in the United States, um, kind of, kind of just, it make, it makes me nervous. <laughs> it makes me, it, you know, I feel like the ground has fundamentally shaken, whether you, you're a Republican or a Democrat or leftward leading or rightward leading, there's no denying that the earth has moved a little yeah. bit. Yeah, so sure And is. so I don't like, I don't like getting into um, a lot of topical stuff or, or overtly political um, details, mainly because I don't feel like it ages well. Yeah, as yeah a, as, exactly. You know, it has nothing to do with really politics or trying to get some, it's just, for me, I'm a, I'm always a a fan first. And so I was like, well, I don't know if this is going to sit well in five years. Are you going to want to keep listening to it? Unless I'm in, in, unless I'm in a position to actively change something through music. It's just like, Oh, if I would write this song, things would change over here. just like, they're going to listen to me. Right. I think they are, you know, like I, that's not, that's not my job. That's not what I, what I signed up for. I signed a, you know, it's more of a visceral thing, um, but it doesn't mean I don't have opinions. And the things don't um, influence me and shake me. I write about the things that that I that are profound to me. And then um, since I'm not a particularly good storyteller, I think it's vague enough to where most people can identify with it. You know, I, I never, I, I rarely name names. If I, which is funny because this is called Cordelia. <laughs> <laughs> It's literally a person I know. <laughs> so forget everything I just
2: said. <laughs> That's funny.
1: Oh. You know, we probably just leave and go have dinner and I can finish this conversation. <laughs> Let me clarify. And the funny thing is, Mary Jane from the Mission Field album is her best friend.
0: <laughs> oh man.
1: I just like I just like their names. Yeah. You know. Cordelia, her name is Cordelia Elsewhere and I like, that's one I've always wanted to use her name in a song.
0: That's a very southern um, name.
1: It is. She's from the northwest. She's oh my up, God. Yeah.
0: I'm so wrong all <laughs> night tonight. But it is.
1: That's probably why I'm joined. I was just like, oh Cordelia Elsewhere, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, <"Pernie>, please. <laughs> How's your oh, mom her name?
1: Uh, Cordelia shit. <laughs>
0: So. Damn, how's your mom or name?
1: How's your mom or name? Yeah, oh, no good. Me and, yeah, me and Mary Jane are going up to the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, I haven't been to a Piggly Wiggly since I left Alabama.
1: Jeez. Uh, I, yeah, I, it has not been that long ago for me. I was just <laughs> in Alabama. Yeah, it's
0: oh. little,
1: yeah. yeah I was way really, deep south.
0: Yeah. I was way deep south of Alabama. Uh, my wife... Born and raised in uh, New Brockton, which is a little off Fort Rucker, the gate of oh, Okay. One of the western gates of Fort Rucker, and my kids were all born and raised well not raised, but born in Dothan.
1: Yeah, uh, so, I know where Dothan is. Yeah, I,
0: I lived I lived uh west I lived literally six miles off the gates of Fort Rucker. Right off wow. right out of Daleville. So how was that? Poor. Yeah. Poor, no yeah. work. That's, that's why we ended up leaving and coming up uh, to the DC area. Cause it's just, mm-hmm. I had a you know, I had a college degree and I couldn't get a job doing anything but selling insurance. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it sucks. but It's a no brainer. It just yeah. like, if, what are you going to, why, why, why would you stay?
0: <laughs> yeah. I and mean, I, I moved down. My dad, my, my parents had gotten divorced and my dad like, see, ya, I'm, I'm leaving. And he always wanted to move down South. We lived in Virginia for years and years. And, and then, uh, he was like, I'm, He's divorced. He's uh, he's getting the hell out of New Jersey because we lived in New Jersey at the time. And he's like, "Fuck this place." Mm -hmm. Took off, and and uh, a year later, I moved down. And like six months after that, my brother attended Alabama University of Alabama, and I was there. Roll Tide, Roll Tide. And I was there (laughs) for uh, eight eight years, eight nine years, something like that. And uh, got met my wife. Yeah, met my wife. uh, Got married. Had three kids. Then skipped town, Mm -hmm. and we all came up to Virginia.
1: There you go. It's beautiful up there, isn't it? Oh,
0: it's it's fantastic. We're in Winchester, so we got the Blue Ridge Mountains, and we're far enough out of D.C. where it doesn't affect us too much, but we can still get there fairly easily. So
1: it's I love it up there. I'm I'm going to be playing in I'll be playing in Baltimore on May 17th. Oh man, if you, i, Some dive I called Moms.
0: May 17th. All right, I'll I'll be there.
1: I'll. We can talk later about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if you, man, if you seriously, if you get the chance, you should you should. Go through Winchester to get to Baltimore. It's a little, little bit of a swing, but Winchester. I situation. think I've been
1: through Winchester. My stepdad's from Orange, Virginia. Okay. Uh, and I used to. Um, one of my best friends in college lived in. Is it Bluemont? Oh Blue yeah,
0: Bluemont. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but we would take the train, and and go, and uh, we will take the train into DC. We would yeah. drive up there on <laughs> on weekends and hang out.
0: Bluemont is like of- 15 minutes east of of Winchester.
1: Okay, yeah, it's beautiful out there. Weird,
0: yeah, all the weird shit that goes on up there. Well, yeah, yeah, Blue Mountains where Mount Weather is. That's where they do all like, yeah, exactly, Mount Weather. That's where they do all the weird government stuff there.
1: There was some guy when we were going up there. There was some guy that would put on an ape suit and run across the (laughs) interstate, (laughs) but he'd only do it like, like twice a year. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> just I have not a, heard of this.
1: That's enough to where everybody was always kind of on the lookout for, it, but you never—just enough to be like a myth.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh,
1: that's amazing! <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? That is awesome. Um, oh, like
3: man. Oliver
1: around there and stuff. So oh, wow. It'd be Morgan,
3: incredible!
0: I—I've I, kept you for a whole hell of a lot of time. Thank you so much for coming on. My—my
1: my wife is talking to my little son Leon right now. There. Oh man. There. She me? just brought me a glass of champagne.
0: Oh. So. <laughs> you know, so, oh, here we go. So I'll usually have a drink during the show, a beer or a scotch or, or, or sure. but we're running late, so uh Bingo. I got, I got bull jangles.
1: It's bow time.
2: <laughs> it's bow
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I got yeah, it's a tea. I got uh I got some chicken down at my feet here that I haven't even touched yet because... I don't know. I tried eating it. it's it's a it's a bowl of chicken and rice and it's just it, it dude it weighs like eight pounds. It's it's I don't know what the hell's going on with it. It's ridiculous. I don't know if I can eat it.
1: It's like rid- one of those KFC things. Oh yeah, it, yeah it's apart the guy who uh, is behind the Deer Lodge Records in Portland. And he's a really good friend of mine. I, he uh, he put out um, this vinyl single I did, and I didn't I didn't really pay for. Any of it to happen, so That's yeah, I'm nice. a plane ticket to Western North Carolina. And he's it's just like, We saw a lot of things, but basically, it's bow time yeah. all the time. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> send, him like a, send him like a, a Bojangles hat and like a racing team shirt. And stuff. <laughs> he's all about the Bojangles now. It's like, Man, you got Popeyes across the street. Yeah. Why are you <laughs> Bojangles? He's like, Man, it's bow time.
0: <laughs> 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 it's fair enough. It's great because you go through the drive-through and they—they they don't say, you know, "Can I take your order?" It, it, it's bow time. It's bow time. Okay. okay. It's, like, oh, yep. like, seat it's
1: on. <laughs> yeah, buckle your seatbelts and unbuckle your own belt. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna get like three meals out of this rice bowl because it's just—I mean, I could lift weights with it. It's. All right. So this is this is this is the size of it, but it weighs like eight pounds. Holy shit, like one of those KFC. Yeah. And they gave me <laughs> this little, like, half fashion. weird spork. I can't get anything out of this. I can't hit Everything falls out of it. And I, it, it You'll
1: probably br- break it off at the end trying oh, to yeah. eat it.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, so, where can people find you on social media? How can they order the album?
1: Um, you can find Drunken Prayer in, in all the normal places. I guess I guess the preferred would be uh, iTunes and uh, you can go to the website and order this. I'm doing this record totally DIY. Um, so going to my website, you order a record, it'll come from me. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, um, then iTunes, Spotify, uh, and then the Instagram is just drunken drunken underscore prayer and Twitter. You know the normal things. It's not not hard to find for buying a for buying a vinyl record. You would have to go through the website right now. And for now, we still have orange vinyl, which is pretty sharp. Oh, nice! we also have the uh, classic black too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and now in round.
2: Ooh. <laughs>
1: But then there's there's also a band camp set up and it, I, I pretty make it pretty easy for people to to listen and and buy stuff, especially since I'm doing it all myself. There's not one really preferred way and, you know to buy stuff, my website's as good as any
0: <laughs> oh that's awesome that's so every mm. check the the album out. it's fantastic. I love it. I've been listening to it for days now, and uh it's I, I love it. the the first couple of tracks just really hooked me in. I literally and I'm I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I have literally been humming the opening tune, the opening uh words to Cordelia for for 3 days now. Wow. It's seriously the, I, amazing. I hate what they did to my town, but I moved to another town. I've just been that's been going through my head literally for days. So
1: I'm glad it, I'm glad it works. Yeah, I'm I know I'm If I'm you want to, if, if you want to read the lyrics, they're they're on the web.
0: We'll, we'll, I we'll definitely face. will. more thank you so much for coming on me. I really appreciate you spending so much time with me tonight. I've had a blast of some fantastic stories.
1: It's been a pleasure. I hope we get to uh, like share a beer or something face to face sometime soon.
0: Uh, we'll definitely make it happen. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks. I hate what
2: they
1: did to my town, so I moved to another town. I hate what they did to my town, so I moved another town I thought the change would do me good Cordelia